GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ. I am joined this week, as I am pretty much every week, by the... Toka to my razor. <laughs> when, when, was the, when was the last time I was not here? Uh, the, la- like, the last time when it was just like me and Sphinx? Yeah. I don't know, man. It's been a long time. Um, yeah. I, I think when you when you wouldn't allow me to do the Willow episode with you guys, that was the last time I haven't been on. So That might have been it when we booted you from the Willow podcast. It's fine. That movie's not that great. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. It's good. It's good to be here, LBJ, good. as always. Uh, we are joined by a very special guest, someone who, quite frankly, I do not get to podcast enough with. Uh, and I'm excited for him to be here, especially talking about this particular movie. We have, from The Legend of Retro, Xander. hey Now, I, I do want- Ninja Turtles thing without me. You can't, no. <laughs> and I want to say, one of the two original hosts of The Legend of Retro. Mm-hmm. Not, you That's know, correct. not the expansion team, Craig right. and <laughs> Craig and Glitch. We're well, talking OG original six. I was gonna say, if you really want to get down to it, it was it was Jazzy and Jay to start off. They don't count. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you know what? If you really want to get technical, it was Chops and Jay to start out. Right, true, yeah. Right. But anyway, <laughs> welcome, Xander. Glad you're here. Yeah. Thanks. No problem. I'm happy to be here. I like your office. Um, you had a nice little setup. <laughs> oh yeah, it's real cool. Um, but yeah, uh, we kind of hinted at it. We are here to continue the year of the sequel uh, tonight, and we're going to talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Two: The Secret of the Ooze. So um, I guess as we usually start with this, let's kind of get into our first memories, our, our kind of history of this movie. And I guess let's start with you, with you, Xander. What do you got for? Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of the Years. Well, first of all, I'm glad we're not doing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Out of the Shadows. <laughs> Did I? I don't even know if I saw that one. Yeah, no, we saw it together in a movie oh, theater. Oh, God, up in, yeah. Up in Petoskey, so. Oh, man. That was <laughs> yeah. one where the, was that the one where the uh, theater was leaking? Or was that the other theater? Well, there was a theater leaking there. It wasn't the one we were in, though. Okay. Anyways. Sorry. Yeah. So anyway, uh, same with Out of the Shadows. I, I was in theaters day one for this one. I've, I've actually not missed an opening day for any of the Ninja Turtles movies yet. So um, I love this movie as a kid. It was always my favorite of the of the three for a very long time. And then I grew up and grew a brain and realized that the first one is so much better. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I still I still enjoy this one. I don't have like there's a weird hatred for this one that like I feel like a lot of people have. I have never had that because I grew up loving it so much. I can recognize some of the cheesiness. I can, you know, see that there were different plans for the story that I really wish they would have done. But I don't think it's a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. That's fair. All right. Uh, LPJ. So, Joe, I don't know if we have a shared. I don't know if we, you were there. We, we do. We have a shared history. Okay. So we went and saw this for our friend Matt's birthday party uh, at 
I, I, I assume it was the terrace. We probably saw it at the terrace. It definitely wasn't opening night because um, his birthday is in like April. Uh, so we would have saw it. Uh, may, I don't know. Maybe we did see it in regular I, theater. I, I think you're remembering wrong. My and this makes better for the timeline. I think we went and saw this for Jody's birthday, which is like March 21st, I believe. So in this movie coming out March 22nd, I think that's I think that's how I remember it. It was for Jody's birthday that we went and saw it in the theaters. I will disagree because we, for Jody's birthday, we went and saw No Holds Barred. No, we, we <laughs> this is going off on a tangent. We watched No Holds Barred. <laughs> at Jody's house for a sleepover. And then we watched the pay-per-view. Oh, with, we watched. Yes. We went right. to the theater for this one. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Regardless. We saw, it, we saw it together back in 1991 in the theaters, like right when it came out. Yeah. And, and I absolutely understand. Like I get the hatred for this because after seeing the first movie and then coming in and seeing this, I was thinking to myself, man, there were so many other things they should have done instead of this movie. And mm. I remember being disappointed by it. Um, I See, I, I, I think, and we can get into this more, I think it's easy now to be like, oh yeah, it's disappointing compared to the first one. But as a kid, as 11 years old, like I don't, I remember being like, yeah, this movie rules. And I, you know, I revisiting it, now, as the old man I'm in, I am, you know, I had different thoughts, but I don't think it's one of those things immediately when you see it, you're like, ah, this isn't as good as the first one. You're like, yeah, this is sweet, right? No, yeah. no, I remember not liking this movie the first time we saw it. I absolutely do. I, I, my, my tune has changed now. Don't get me wrong. Um, but at the time, I remember not liking it. And I wouldn't, you know, not, not that I wouldn't watch it like later on, but I didn't seek this movie out to see it i would always if i was going to pick a turtles movie i'd watch the first one i always would my my i can't wait to talk about this more my brain is melting because what i'm understanding now is that you didn't like this movie as an 11 year old but now you like it hold on i didn't say like it i said i don't dislike it as much like i don't i don't understand the hate for it now as i did when i was 11 well, yeah, but now uh, we've got the Michael Bay movies to to look at and be like, oh, man, it could have been a lot worse. You're not wrong. You're not <laughs> wrong at all. Um, and, and, you know, this came out when Turtles were gigantic. Like, mm-hmm. the first movie came out and they were pretty big, but this was really at the height of turtle craziness. Yeah, this was, this was just shy of uh, a full year since the first one came out. Yeah. Yeah, that's wild that, like, I, I guess I didn't even think about it till I was kind of getting into the numbers for this. And it's like, wow, that was so, such a fast turnaround. And I and I guess they said that they, they were worried that maybe, like, that they wanted to strike while the iron was hot because they were worried that the popularity might fade. Like, so they're like, we got to crank this thing out and get it in theaters while people are still, like, really into the Turtles. Which turned out to kind of be a, a baseless fear because the Turtles, you know, are still popular today. I mean, not... Mm-hmm maybe quite with the same fever that they were at this period of time, you know, when this movie came out, but still uh, obviously iconic. So. Yeah. I mean, um, I remember when the third movie came out, we were still buying toys for it. So, I mean, there was really no, no slowing down as far as this movie, as far as this franchise went. I, I will say that if you guys ever do Ninja Turtles three, I'm I'll, I'll be here. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not going <laughs> to really be happy about it. <laughs> yeah, that was, I, yeah, that's when I, I mean, I remember seeing it 
maybe once. I don't yeah. remember much about it at all. So it would be kind of fun to revisit it. But um, so let's uh, let's buzz through a couple of the numbers uh, for this movie. So uh, release date on it is March twenty second, nineteen ninety one. Uh, it had a budget of twenty five million dollars. Uh, and the gross, it, they just had a domestic worldwide gross. They didn't have it separated. So we had $78 million. So, you know, still pretty big hit, especially given the budget. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes on this is 35%. And the audience score is 67%. So um, that seems, seems, right. about, seems about right. Yeah. Um, now, as far as the top grossing movies of 1991... Big, big year for the podcast, LBJ. We have actually covered the number one and number two movies of 1991, which are Terminator 2 and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Uh, number three for 1991 is Beauty and the Beast. Uh, this movie, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, came in 13th on the year. And then other movies we have covered in 1991, number 18, Hot Shots, number 21, The Last Boy Scout, number 27, The Rocketeer, Number 29, Point Break. Number 56, Lionheart. And number 142, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Wow. That's crazy to think. Like, I remember seeing all of those movies around this time. Like, around when they came out. It's such a weird... It's such a weird, eclectic group. Like, I would go and see this movie. But at the same time, I would go and watch, you know, a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. (laughs) Like... Such a weird thing. And we've talked about it before. I feel like 89 through like 92 or 93 were like the, like, especially for us, LBJ, were like the real formative years of movie watching. So there's so many movies that came out those years that are like, okay, these are like very important movies to me as a uh, person now, you know? So, um, but yeah, so a a lot of stuff in 1991 that we've covered. (laughs) Um. So I don't know if you want to talk about the cast because I don't, I don't, I'm going to rely on you, LBJ, because I don't really have a lot on these cast people. I mean, Ernie Reyes Jr. played Kino, and I remember him from uh, Surf Ninjas. Yeah, he's been in a lot of things. He was in, he was in the Rundown. Oh, that's right. He was in the Rundown. I yeah. forgot. Yeah. He and he does a lot of stunt work. He still does a lot of stunt work. So he's. You know, he's mostly a, a stunt performer for the most part. Now, wasn't he the stunt double for one of the turtles in the original movie? Yeah, he was I Donatello. Think. Yep, he was. He was. So this is the weird thing. So in the suits, they have, they have the they have the uh, suit performers, they have the voice actors, but they also have stunt men that are in the suits for the more dangerous stuff. So Ernie Reyes Jr. was the like the the performer for Donatello and he actually did some of the stunt work but he was also but he didn't do like the real heavy stunt work uh they actually had stunt men to do stuff like that um but they liked him so much as Donatello that they wrote him apart for the second film um as far as like the voice cast goes you know, the, the the like Brian Tochi and Robbie Rich. So Brian Tochi is Leonardo. Robbie Rich, Rich's wrist as Michelangelo. They are in all three of the films. They're the only two that appear in all three of the films. The rest have been recast several times. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I wanted to mention was Kevin Clash. Ooh. 
good or bad, he is the voice of Elmo. Uh, he's also the voice of Splinter and the and the puppeteer of Splinter. Obviously, things have turned a little sideways for him, and he's more of a controversial figure now than a beloved puppeteer now. Um, but I'll let people just look that up on their own. I, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned somebody in your wheelhouse that was in this, and I forgot. Who, Frank Runder? No. Uh, someone else, the friend of the podcast, uh, Dave, had to remind me today is yeah. in this movie. I haven't gotten to it yet. Relax. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, you've got uh, you've got uh, uh, um, uh, Kevin Nash as Super yeah. Shredder as Super Shredder. <laughs> so this was like Kevin Nash's big film debut. He was the Super Shredder. Granted, you can't tell it's him. Um, it's just a huge dude in the Super Shredder costume. But that For was all him. of like. 30 seconds yeah for 30 seconds in maybe the worst death it, scene ever can i you know what whatever i'm gonna jump a little out of order here can i ask you guys a quick question if you have an explanation mm-hmm. why why when he turns into super shredder does his costume change like his costume gets bigger and like like that that doesn't make sense right like the ooze affects you as a person it wouldn't make his like spikes the mask and stuff grow well um i would say that he was left crippled in a junkyard for a while. So who knows what kind of bugs and other living organisms got into his suit that were also then affected. <laughs> and then, all right, you know, maybe it was a bunch of silkworms and it just like made him a new suit as, as, as they went. <laughs> or, or maybe his suit was made of uh, bugs. Maybe the, the mutagen mutated the bugs to turn into a suit. <laughs> Or if you think about it, if you look at his suit in uh, in the first Ninja Turtles movie and even in the early scenes in the junkyard when he's like making his mask and being all creepy, it's pretty flowy. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It could be could be like yeah, when the like the like the Hulk's pants and stuff. Like it's it can right. expand when he gets. All right, you know what? Complaint withdrawn. Now, I will now, the, now the spikes growing and the mask <laughs> going from like this thing across his nose. To going all the way around his eyes, I who knows. <laughs> it just looks cool. That's yeah. all. But, I think he, he uh, found it. He happened to find that mask when they, when he crashed. It was under there already. You know, yeah. it was just it was it was one of the because you know it's a club. People wear weird things at clubs. It was underneath. <laughs> yeah. Someone had dropped it. They were drunk. You know, and you know when you go see Vanilla Ice on the docks, you better bring your goggles just in case. <laughs> you, got, you got that right. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, and, and as far as the rest of the cast goes. There's people. Oh, Francois Chow is in this. He plays the Shredder, like regular Shredder. Um, he's a kind of a famous actor. Um, he's been in all kinds of things. Uh, he is the Tick's stepfather in the Amazon show The Tick. Um, he's also one of the characters and character models in a video game called Ghost of Tsushima, which is phenomenal. So if you ever play Ghost of Tsushima, you'll actually see him in the game as a character. It looks just like him. It's his voice. It's him acting. It's fantastic. What about, uh, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, we also have Michael McConaughey as the voice of Tatsu. Yep. Uh, and that is cross country in the GI Joe cartoon. That's right. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yep. And then yeah. the voice of Toka and Razar is Frank Welker, which is Megatron. Yep. Amongst many, many, many <laughs> other voices. He's also, in case you were curious, he is the voice of Curious George as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Yep. Deep pull there. Uh, do you have Do you have anything on uh, Paige Turco? Uh, she's April O'Neil. In she's this April movie O'Neil. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> was she was married to oh what's his name she was married to the guy from agents of shield um not colson uh the guy that came on later on in the series uh i did jason not watch O'Mara. that show as long as yeah you. yeah jason o'mara oh okay yep and uh she was hired because they hated uh the previous april o'neill <laughs> Yeah, so Judith Hogue uh, just stood up for like apparently the uh, the stunt uh, the stuntmen in the first movie were getting really poorly mistreated, and she stood up and defended them. And they're like, "Well, no, get out of here. You're not going to be back for the next movie." Yeah, but yeah. Apparently, read... they're friends now, Patricko and uh, Judith Hogue. I read something crazy where they were talking about they, they mentioned that they're also like they also thought Paige Turco had better chemistry with the turtles, and I'm like, they're not real. <laughs> <laughs> they're guys in a costume like like i don't know if that's like a good reasoning to be like she had better chemistry with these guys in stunt suits but anyways um okay let's do really quickly believe it or not i don't have a lot of networks for this but i do have a few for you guys so let's buzz through them quickly and tell me what you think let's start with kevin nash all right that's the first thing they did what do you think about kevin nash uh, his LBJ? net worth Yes, Man. Kevin Nash's network. He made a lot of money wrestling, and he kept a fair amount of it. Uh, plus, he's been acting. I'm going to say... He's got that sweet, sweet Thomas Jane Punisher money. He does have that sweet, sweet Thomas Jane Punisher money. I'm going to put him at $30 million. Okay. What do you think, Xander? I'm going to go under. I'm going to say 18 uh, you are closer. He only has eight million dollars. Wow! All right. Uh, well, never mind. That's what Maybe I said was eight, and then I sneezed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, Ernie Reyes Jr. What do you guys think for Ernie Reyes Jr.? As mentioned, he's got that sweet, sweet surf ninjas money. Uh, Xander, go ahead. Uh, six million. Okay. Four million. Ooh, you guys. Aim too high. $300,000 for <laughs> Ernie Reyes Jr. Okay, just two more. Uh, Paige Turco, as we talked about. LBJ? Um, she's continued to act, so I'll put her at $5 million. Okay. Uh, $80,000. $5 million. $5 million oh. for uh, Paige Turco. And then finally, just because I, need, I wanted to put someone else on here, uh, the Iceman, Vanilla Ice. What do you guys think for Vanilla Ice, Sander? Man, he's got that sweet home improvement show money. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I'm going to guess uh, what's a cool number? <laughs> Nine million. Okay. Ooh, he's, got that, he's got that sweet, sweet motocross money. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go 15 million. No, you're both pretty close. Twelve million dollars for Vanilla Ice. So, good for Vanilla um, Ice. Good for Vanilla Ice. Um, and, yeah, and that's all I have. Um, so the director on this is Michael Pressman. I I don't know if you have anything on him. I didn't. He didn't seem to be like. <laughs> uh, uh, he directs a lot of TV shows. Yeah, and, that's most, what I saw. and most of them are all in the vein of like Law and Order and SVU and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I. That's what I came across. Um. And the writer is this Todd Langan, and obviously based on the characters from Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. It seemed like they had a lot of input in this, but that maybe was not used or ignored or whatever. Because, like, and I think Xander mentioned this already, it seemed like a lot of the ideas that they talked about using were a lot cooler than what they ended up going with. Well, and a lot of that has to do with the backlash that was received from the first film. 
So the first film was very close to the way the kind of the original comic books were. Um, it was a lot darker, you know, the turtles were a lot more violent. Um, everything was just grittier. And the studio got a bunch of heat from parents groups about how, uh, how violent and dark the film was. And it was supposed to be for kids based on this cartoon, not even realizing that it was based on a comic book. And mm-hmm. so they wanted to gear the, this movie a lot more toward the cartoon that everybody was used to. So that's why they hired Pressman and fired the previous director because they wanted somebody who would do what they asked and why they basically took all of Eastman and Laird's ideas and said, Oh, those are great ideas, but we're going to do this instead. Um, and that was one of the reasons why Bebop and Rocksteady aren't in this is uh, Eastman and Laird were like, yeah, we don't like your script. We don't want you to use Bebop and Rocksteady. So that's why they came up with Token and Razor um, because they didn't, Eastman and Laird didn't sign off on using Rocksteady and Bebop for whatever reason. Which is weird, right? Like, I don't, I, I don't know. I, that, that's very strange, but yeah, I mean, like you said, like some of the things I read is like, that's why like in this movie, like the turtles don't use their weapons at all. Like, and they don't really like, it's just like, it's crazy. Like you don't notice that things when you're like a kid, but then like watching mm-hmm. it now, I'm kind of like, all that stuff was like very apparent to me how like, over like let or like completely less violent unless you know like it's so obvious watching it now but i think back then it wasn't very clear to me you know yeah even as i i was watching this most recent time uh you know you've got michelangelo chasing out the robbers of the of the mall i guess uh, (laughs) with his his combat cold cuts and like (laughs) as he's chasing them up the stairs i looked at his belt like his his nunchucks aren't even there yeah yeah there were times where the turtles didn't even have their weapons. Like at one point, um, Leonardo's like rolling on the ground and does not have swords. Yeah. Like that whole first fight scene, like you said, in that underground mall or whatever it is, like Donatello definitely does not have his like bow stab with him. It's like not on his back. It's not with him. Yeah. It's so, so and he weird, hits a like... guy with like a foam bat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, he also pretends that is he the one or is it Leonardo that pretends to be like that? that it was him. That's, that's, that's Donatello right before he hits him with the foam bat. <laughs> yeah. Hi, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the, and I don't, I mean, like, I know we're going to, we're obviously going to play a song from this, but the, the music, the score is by John Duprez. I, I, I don't, I mean, it wasn't anything of no, but obviously the big thing from this was the, the height of Vanilla Ice's popularity. They brought him on to, to, to do the, the ninja rap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're going to play it here. Uh, it is literally called Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Uh, the Vanilla Ice Ninja Rap. Here we go. Gonna rock the town without being seen Have you ever seen a turtle get down? Slamming and jamming to the new swing sound Yeah, everybody let's move Vanilla is filled with a new jack groove Gonna rock and roll the place With the power of the ninja turtle face Iceman, you know I'm not playing Devastate the show what the turtles are saying Ninja, ninja, rap Ninja, ninja, rap Ninja, ninja, rap Go, 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 go Go ninja, go ninja, go 
that's 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 plenty. <laughs> so uh, here's here's the insane thing I wanted to mention to you guys. And I don't know how true this is, but you know I like to give you these random facts on uh, that IMDb has. This one, I, I, I didn't have time to research it further, but this is what it says. It says, Frank Miller, Frank Miller is an mm-hmm. uncredited co-writer of the Vanilla Ice song Ninja Rap. Most specifically, he was responsible for the lyric, Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go. Yeah, I read that too, and that is bananas if it's true. <laughs> like, what was Frank Miller doing there? Why was he writing songs for Vanilla Ice? Like, I, it's so confusing. Like, it's just a mystery. Well, I do know that there's several things in Ninja Turtles, the comic book, that are based on Frank Miller's Daredevil. So, like, the Foot Clan is based on the hand. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of other things. Casey Jones is based on, I don't remember exactly who, but it's based on another character. Um, and so I don't know if maybe Frank Miller is friends with Eastman and Laird and was hanging out. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, maybe, who knows? But I just thought that was kind of a, a wild fact that I never would have never would have guessed uh, in a million years. No. Haven't they also like said that the... the uh, the mutagen that like went down into the sewers was also what caused Daredevil's eyes to like have his Ooh. powers. I don't know. Well, in the comic, in the comics, no. I don't know if I don't know There's if like maybe some weird internet. Maybe it's just some <clears throat> dumb internet thing. Hey, you know, this is so tied to this. Like in his love for Frank I, Miller, like they are saying that this is when this accident happened. This some other kid was crossing the street and dropped his turtles or something. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, because the weird the, connection there in the comics, the way it worked is, um, so what they were going to do with Eastman and Laird's plan was for the second film is they were going to introduce this, uh, these aliens. I don't remember the, like the utopians or the, like the utrons or something. utrons or something. Utron. Yeah. And they're, they're what eventually became, were the basis for Krang, uh, mm-hmm. in the cartoon <clears throat> and that the mutagen is what they use to power their ships and power their, you know, their technology. And mm-hmm. it happened to drop and fall. And that's what transformed the turtles. Um, so I don't yeah, know the if Daredevil right of the use was supposed to be that it came from aliens. Right. And drop that whole thing as it is now what's the secret of the use i don't know it's just news (laughs) the secret is that it transforms things like dandelions (laughs) um so uh before we get into the plot the last thing i had for you were the taglines for this film and they're not good and there's two of them so the first one is cowabunga it's the new turtles movie okay not wrong not inaccurate (laughs) And the second one is Back by Bodacious Demand. Also not inaccurate. <laughs> it's true, but not, not the best taglines we've had on the show. But you know what? Maybe not the worst. At least I mean, they're not like describing the whole movie. Those are the ones that are like a paragraph long are generally the worst. So yeah. <laughs> it's actually uh, a, a huge surprise that Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go wasn't one of them. Right. You yeah, think it would be. I, you know, maybe that came on late, late last, late in the uh, in the in the screen. Maybe they maybe they were late in the uh, production. Um. So one of the last things we should probably mention is that this was one of the last movies Jim Henson worked on. So the turtle costumes and token Razor were all designed by um, Jim Henson's Creature Shop, and this film is dedicated to Jim Henson. 
Um, and it's it, like I said, it's one of the last films he actually had hands on and, and worked on himself. And they, and they were able, didn't they? I, I think I read, and maybe you have a little more on this, but they were able to kind of like make better turtle suits or at least like the animatronics yeah. in them were like better in this one. The budget wasn't as much. So the, the, um, the motors and everything inside weren't as intricate. So wait on this um, one, it, it was lighter. Yeah. No, in this one, no other way around. They had no. more money and they had already, because they had a lot of stuff they could reuse from the first film, they were able to spend more money on things like the the suits. So in the previous, in, in the first one, a lot of the motors for the mouth were cable controlled and the controls were in the shell. So it made it difficult for them to actually move around because the kids couldn't move because as they moved their heads, it would affect the uh, the cabling in the mouth. Now they were able to spend a little bit more money and make smaller servo motors and electronically control it. And all of the motors were contained in the head itself. So they could do more flips. They could move their heads more. They could actually emote more. And the facial expressions were um, a lot more, you know, realistic, I guess you want to say. Um, But they were controlled more like they do now where they have a separate puppeteer working a robotic mouth almost. Um, that move the mouth radio, you know, via radio controls, moves the servos in the actual head of the turtle. And so that, that, and that's what they would do. They would have the puppeteer, who was also the voice, control the mouth while they were talking, and then the performer would just perform the body actions. I knew that uh, that sounded backwards when I was reading it. I just went back and reread <laughs> that. I was like, oh, yeah, a larger budget, not a smaller budget. So right. sorry that I can't read. No, you're good. You're good. So the the I mean, the last thing that we're we're gonna mention is not the incredible ability of Vanilla Ice to, on the spot, come up with a rap and a chore- choreographed dance. You know that what? That's tell the others about that might be the most <laughs> believable thing in this film. <laughs> I don't think he gets enough credit for that. You're right. I don't think so either. His his yeah. improv rap, his his freestyling and improv dancing with his group, off the charts. <laughs> Um, okay, so let's 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 talk this movie out. Um, I don't think it's that complicated of a plot, but we can work through it. Um, so it starts off with just a lot of people eating pizza in different places in New York. And I gotta say, like, it made me want pizza, but I don't think any of the pizza in this movie looks particularly good, right? Like, I feel like I, I don't disagree. know. <laughs> All looks great. I don't know. I, I got I, I got an issue with thin crust New York style pizza. When I was a kid and watched this movie, it always made me crave pizza. And when I watched it just a little bit ago, just to get the opening back in my head, like uh, an hour ago, I wanted pizza again. <laughs> Here's a question. Definitely... Oh, go ahead. When you were a kid, what was your go-to pizza place? Whatever my parents ordered. Well, that's fair. And I think it was it was between Domino's and uh, Hungry Howie's because that was what was closest to us. Fair enough. I remember getting a lot of uh, Pizza Hut used to sell this pizza called the Bigfoot. It yeah. was like, really big, like... It was like square. I remember getting the Bigfoot a lot and being super psyched about getting a Bigfoot from Pizza Hut. So we used to always get the uh, the pizza pizza from Little Caesars that had it just came on like a cardboard the, box yeah. with a piece of paper in a bag. Yeah, with in, in like a paper bag, and you bring it home, yeah. you rip it open, and there's your pizza. My friends always got that on like Halloween, and I would always just go hang out with them, like to to get candy, but realistically to just eat their pizza. Yeah, it was good, man. It yeah. was good. Um, so anyway, so we're introduced to Kino. He's a delivery boy for a pizza place, and he drives a moped around? 
I guess. Yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so it's New York. He goes, he can, it's not like he can drive a you know a Mercedes around. That's true, and he's not gonna. Was he gonna have a little? I mean, he's gonna have a little bike like Spider Man Two delivering pizzas. Um, okay, so that's when he shows up to deliver these pizzas to April, and that's when he sees the guy as we discussed robbing what is a mall, I guess, but it's underground. So it's very confusing as to what this place is because it has like a couple stores and like a meat shop. So I, I don't, I don't know what it is. Probably the most confusing. There's two really confusing parts about this this little scene is that he walks in and he says they're all under arrest and the dude lifts his mask off to say what yeah like, you're robbing a joint why are you why are you taking your mask off and then he puts it back on to fight but then the probably the most perplexing thing is you see the ninja turtles come down that stairway presumably from an alleyway and they jump over kino what's probably like 10 15 feet in the air and there's a skylight <laughs> in this basement mall <laughs> It's yeah. I, I would also ask as, as to why so many of these thugs that they're fighting are wearing like polo shirts. There was one that was straight up wearing like hammer pants that got knocked out. Very <laughs> yeah. Early. Oh man. He was straight up wearing some Z Cavaricis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like you said, the turtles show up and we kind of are introduced to what our, like the fight scenes are going to be like in this, in this movie. You know, they're all kind of silly. The turtles aren't using their weapons and you know, I mean, it's fun, but also, you know, I guess they said that like the people in the stun suits couldn't really see very well out of them, so that's why like they're kind of just flailing around. Like there's not like like a lot of coordination because they can't see what's going on when they're in the costume. So yeah, they said there were like three inch slits that they could look out of, and so if you watch carefully, the foot soldiers will lean into the punches, <laughs> and that's also why they don't. It looks like the foot soldiers just stand there because they couldn't try to attack them because they wouldn't see it coming and get hit. Um, so they, they beat up the guys, uh, that they pay for the pizzas, which I'm like, how do these turtles have money? I mean, it's April's money, I guess. I don't know, but they pay cash for the pizzas. Um, so they're currently living at April's apartment. How, like, how soon after the first movie do you think this guy's, do you think this movie's supposed to take place? Like pretty soon afterwards, right? I would say, or I would imagine it would have to be before, uh, the trash pickup to then drop off, you know, for shredder to get off the truck. Right. And but it also has to be long enough that April's neighbors have to complain about her doing aerobics and all the loud screaming. Yeah. So I'm going to guess maybe a week or two. Yeah, it's very confusing because, like you said, it seems like they've been living with April for a while, but also like they're literally just dumping Shredder off at the dump like from the first movie. So it's like I do have a note that says, wait, wait a minute. How, how soon after the first yeah. movie does this take place? Well, and then there's also, a scene. There's a Go scene ahead. where, like, all the foot soldiers who are left are, like, gathering at the meeting place. So, yeah. and, and they're panicked, you know, they're 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 running to meet. So, they're, you know, it seems like they're kind of on the run. So, it's got to be, you'd, th it's weird. You, based on the reactions of some people, it's, like, hours to days. But... To, based to on months because April's apartment burned down in the last one, and now she's got this new place that she's got neighbors and a reputation with the local pizza place. Well, wasn't that the? Th didn't she? Didn't she say she? No, she, this, that she was. She had a loft above above her dad's uh, yeah. antique store that all burnt down, and they went to live on the farm. And now she's got this other fancy apartment that has roof access. Yeah. <laughs> um, and a second floor, like. 
April's apparently doing very well for her. Yeah, that, that, well, she did have she just needed a promotion at the end of the first one. So <laughs> and she had a giant just, office in this one. Yeah, so maybe they just forgot to put the like a few days earlier or a few months earlier before Shredder comes back. I I don't know. Yeah, because that's the next scene is that we get like, and I get it. You want to bring him back for the movie, but let's be honest: the way that that first movie ended, Shredder is not alive. Like yeah. you, you get smashed in the back of a garbage truck, and then you're like, "No, I'm fine. I'm a little, I'm a little tore up, but that's it." Like, yeah, but you remember they were like his face. He had a couple yeah. more cuts on his face. Yeah. That's all that happens when you get compacted. Cool. <laughs> Uh, so um yeah and, and the the foot are hanging out like in the junkyard that's like their hideout i do like that isn't that that's the scene where like uh what's his name tatsu is that the tatsu, second yeah. guy when he's like oh i'm in charge and then shredder shows up and he's like never mind <laughs> <laughs> i do like that um and, and uh april's doing a story about tgri they're like you don't really know what they're doing, but what they're actually doing is trying to find all the canisters of the ooze and, and dispose of them. And that's when the guys find the talked about giant dandelions. Oh, um, how could we miss this? <laughs> it's, like, it's like a giant batch of these huge dandelions. And it's like, yeah, like definitely no idea how you miss those because they're very obvious. Um, but like, okay, so Shredder's trying to find the turtles. So he somehow gets a spy in on April's news crew to watch her movements. And he sees the giant dandelion and he picks one and he takes it back to Shredder, right? Right. And then he somehow infers from this that like, oh, they must be responsible for the turtles. So we need to go to TGRI and get some of this stuff. That's like the leap that he makes based on the giant dandelions, right? Yeah, because really they don't. Shredder has no idea where the turtles have come from at this point, right? Like, and before, like we, prior to this. And then we well, get he, the big. He does know he does know the connection between Splinter and the rat that scratched his face in the first movie. That's, so oh, that's that fair. Something yeah. happened to alter him. <clears throat> yeah. Because the next scene we get is the one where, uh, like, Splinter's on the roof, and he reveals, because he they've been watching the story about TGRI, and he pulls out the canister from the ooze and shows that it actually says TGRI on it. Um, this is neither here nor there, but I just want to ask you guys, because I have a note. Why don't, why don't they get Splinter something nicer to wear? It seems like he's wearing that, like, holy, like, ripped-up bathrobe in all the movies, and I'm like... I know he's a giant rat, but give him something nicer to wear, right? Perhaps he's very attached to his former master, and that's a similar outfit to what his his master wore. That's the only thing I can think of. Eh, could be, maybe. Any I mean, why it's is he like... the only one concerned about covering up his body? Oh, that's true too. <laughs> it's, it's not like there's a lot of rat clothing stores laying around. Yeah, but he's the size of a person. You could put person people clothes on him. Person clothes. On yep. <laughs> um. So, anyways. This scene, this, this is boggling to me. You guys will have to talk me through it. So the Foot Clan show up at TGRI right before they're about to, the guy is about to get rid of the last canister of ooze, and they get it from him, right? They're like, we got this ooze, we got the professor, and seemingly leave, right? Turtles show up. They go in, like Donatello's on the computer, and they're checking all this stuff out. And then the, the Foot show back up. <laughs> And I'm like, didn't they leave? Like, I don't understand. It wasn't like the turtles caught them in the act. They seemingly left. 
turtles show up and then they come back in to fight him. And I was like, I was confused on the timeline for that one. All right. So I, I feel like I did all this a lot in the first uh, Ninja Turtles episode we did, uh, however long ago. And I just defend every possible angle there is. <laughs> okay. So I'm here got, for it. You've got the Foot Clan, this army of ninjas who are going to come in and take over this scientific research lab. This is a very high tech place. You can see it looks like a, a, they say it looks like an arcade was in here, right? So yeah. they're no doubt have security cameras. So they would have had to taken out the security to get to this level of of the the research facility to get to the to the U's and the professor. So it it's within reason that somebody stayed behind to watch the security to make sure nobody else was coming, particularly the police. They see the turtles coming. Hey, didn't that guy beat our ass last time? Let's <laughs> stay here and get the drop on him and beat them here. Our goal is to take out the turtles. Why don't we stay and surprise them? Yeah, it's right. fair. I mean, and I suppose, you know, maybe they just happen to see the turtles walking in. The turtles aren't exactly stealthy, you know. No, they're, they're not. not in their trench coats this time. <laughs> my my only contention to that would be that uh, while the foot is supposed to be like a secret clan of ninjas, they're really just like a bunch of street urchins <laughs> who can kind of do karate. <laughs> They've been trained by Master Tatsu. You don't know what kind of stuff he does. <laughs> That's fair. They're very good at taking bells off things. Um, yeah, and if you remember in the first movie, they were they were going through like that dude opens his truck and like checks his manifest, looks back, and the, all their stuff is gone. So like <laughs> these guys, they know how to move silently. I will say, uh, and, and this is, we'll we'll get back on track here in one second. But I did, I was not on when we covered the first turtles. But man, remember how cool the uh, Foots hideout in that movie is with all yeah. like, the arcade games? And I think it's got like a skateboard ramp and stuff. And man, I when I was a kid, I was like, that is like the coolest place ever. Anyways, sorry. So also, Sam Rockwell didn't come back as a foot soldier. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, on. but you know what? We got Michael J. White instead. That's yep, true. That's true. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, so the turtles, they get in a fight with the foot at the slab, but the foot ends up getting away with the ooze and they kidnap the scientists. Um, uh, back to Kino, he goes to April's apartment and he finds the turtles there. Um, Splinter gives them kind of a recap of their whole origin. Um, and that's when, like, seemingly, like, I kind of think that Kino and Raphael have a good plan, right? Because they're like, well, the foot's trying to recruit members, so I'll go. I have martial arts skill. I'll go and try out for the foot, and then we'll find out where their base is. But, like, Splinter, like, nixes it right away. He's like, yeah, no dice. But it, it kind of is like a good plan, right? I think so. I think it's pretty solid. It's not a bad plan. They're just worried that, that he'll get found out and that they'll be they'll have to rescue him, which they're not wrong. <laughs> well, that's true. That 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 is fair. So, um... The turtles are like that the, the foot clan is able to to reassemble and put out word on the street like, hey, we need help when the police were shown where their last hideout was. <laughs> yeah. like you think if there if, if a random pizza delivery guy can find out that the foot clan is is trying to get more people, the police would be all over that. Chief Stearns, you're not doing your job. <laughs> um so anyway, so the turtles decide that they need to leave uh, April's because the foot's back and it's too dangerous. So they're like, well, we're going to go in the sewer. We're going to find a new place to live. Uh, Raphael is pissed about this because he thinks they need to be finding the foot. So he storms off. And then the, the turtles immediately <laughs> find the perfect place to live. Like they don't even spend like a minute in the sewers before they accidentally fall through the ground. And they're this old abandoned like 
subway station that still has a subway car in there and still has power that works. It like I get it. They can't spend that much time in the movie of them trying to find a place, but it is wild how quickly they find this amazing spot to live. Now, do you think that they set up their own payphones that they can carry around, or do you think those are just like <laughs> underground and forgotten and somehow still active? This is the second movie where they have their own payphone that works. I'm pretty sure a payphone like that would be in a subway bank, a subway, you know, stop like that. And, you know, I guess Donatello does machines. It makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm willing to bet they figured it out, you know. Oh, did you see that that subway line? The, The actual, the station itself is shut down in New York, but the, 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 uh, the line itself is still active, so trains still pass through there all the time. So if you ride the subway, you can actually go through the Turtles' uh, Turtles' house, Turtles' sideway. Well, looks like I need to go back to New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, um, during this time, uh, like Shredder's plan is like he, we have the use. I have the scientists. I need to mutate some things to fight the turtles because we can't beat them. Although, as far as I remember, the Shredder beat up all the turtles pretty bad in the first movie. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. So he's like, we got to make some mutants so it can be freak against freak. Like, that's what what he needs. He needs guys to go after him. Um... This is, it's funny we talk about this, but I have a note because they call April because they can't find Raphael. And I said, how do they have a working phone down there? <laughs> well, we covered that already. So he decides, Shredder decides he's going to mutate a wolf and a snapping turtle. Now, like, wolf, okay, cool. Like, snapping turtle, really? They couldn't think of anything different than a snapping turtle when the turtles are the good guys of the movie? Well, maybe they he's, he's still soar over his loss and thinks part of, of, of their skill is the fact that they were turtles. If you remember, they did team up. Or no, this is the end of this one. They team up and they hit him with the shells. Well, it's just like, just a, a it, it more just, vicious turtle. Could you just know. like the fiercest animals possible? It's like, I'm sorry. When I think of fierce animals, I don't often go to a snapping turtle. Look, the well, clan well, just went from a giant warehouse on Laird Island to this random junkyard. They have to take what they can get. He, they <laughs> said, he said these were the most fearsome animals they could find. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Whatever. Anyways, so he, they mutate them. And perhaps my favorite part of the movie is when they first revealed Toka and Raza. And it turns out that they like accelerated their growth process so they're big. But they're still infants in their mind, so they start calling Shredder "Mama," and he's like, "The babies, yeah, babies," <laughs> which yeah. totally, which completely makes sense because if you think about it, when the turtles were first mutated, they were essentially babies too, and they mm-hmm. had to learn and grow up. So it makes sense as far as the, how the way the mutagens been portrayed. It's mm-hmm. true, because you get that great part in the first movie when it's like the little baby turtles learning karate. Yeah. They're like, ah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so Shredder initially is like, ah, kill them, because he's so mad that they're babies. But then he finds out that they're actually super strong, which, here's another question for you. Why are they super strong, but the turtles are seemingly, they're strong, but they're not super strong, right? Well, you're looking at a TGRI mutagen that has uh, been improved over arguably 15 to 20 years. 
And if it ex- could accelerate the Toka and Razar from being small animals to giants, whereas it took the Kirtles time to actually grow, it stands to reason that their strength would have grown as well. Plus they had a, plus they had a, whatever the scientist's name is helping him. Yeah, Jordan Perry. Yeah, they had Perry helping him. Uh, I, you know what, I gotta say, I, I, I love having Xander in this episode. To like, <laughs> I wish we could have him on every episode that baffles me because, like, like his all his explanations. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, okay. You know, like they're they're helping me out. You know, I, I appreciate it a lot. Um, okay, so uh, like we said, Kino's working with Graf to try and find the foot headquarters. He does like the tryout. That's where you get the scene where Michael Jai White is in briefly. Um, the, the, he beats up a couple of guys and then they're like, well, yeah, in order to really get in, you got to, we're going to put smoke up and you got to take these bells off this dummy without his hearing. So Raphael, uh, jumps out and he like, uh, he takes like all the bells. So, um, they're like, okay, congratulations. You're part of the foot clan. So they take him to the junkyard and like, they like immediately get caught. <laughs> and Raphael, yeah, it's like. Like like instantly, it's such a like it's a good, it's a good plan, but so executed poorly. Like, yeah, because they immediately get caught. Uh, but Kino takes off to go get the rest of the turtles. Um, they come back to the junkyard. I, I found it humorous that they that Raphael's like tied up, but they like didn't take his size away. Like his weapons are still yeah. on him. Um. They get caught in a big net, kind of like uh, Return of the Jedi style, if you will, because yeah. they all yeah, they all definitely. get pulled up into the net. Um, they they make a Ralph Nader joke, so you know, not dating this movie at all. Um, <laughs> and then, I, okay, I love that they're caught in the net. They're gonna drop them on this like homemade like spike thing. Splinter shows up with a bow and arrow, shoots down the net, saves them, and then is like, "All right, peace out," and just. Please. Yeah, he's just done. <laughs> why, why didn't he stay and like pick off some foot soldiers with that bow and arrow or something? Like they're still overwhelming odds, but he's just like, nah, it's fine. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, he's he's old. He's he's clearly having trouble getting up and down the stairs, you know. So he just doesn't have it in him to to do it. Maybe that was his only arrow. <laughs> no, he had a quiver full of arrows. <laughs> I would like to point that out. Uh, I. I also would like to say that he says uh, Kawabunga after he shoots him down. Um, <laughs> so anyways, uh, the turtles are fighting the foot. Shredder's there. He's not fighting. He's just standing around. <laughs> I don't know why he doesn't jump into the fray. But anyways, so the turtles are seemingly turning the tide against the foot clan. And then they uh, unveil Toka and Raza, how he came up with those names. I don't know, but that's their names. Um, they And they, they kick the turtles' butts. They're super strong. They're throwing them all around. But the turtles, they rescue that scientist dude. Um, and then they, they, they beat it out of there because they're like, ah, we're overwhelmed. So they take this guy back to their new house. He, like, kind of tells the story of what happened. And they're all kind of bummed to find out that, like, their creation was like, oh, it's just like an accident. Like, we were transporting this stuff to dispose of it. And we lost a container, and that's how. So it's like I, I think particularly is it Donatello that's really upset by like finding out their yeah. origin. Yeah, but yeah. and I think like I think what did he expect? The, I think that plays into the, the the lost subplot of it being aliens. Yeah, you know, like of course he's going to be upset, and maybe that was a big thing is that he is upset, and they find out, oh shit, it's aliens. Maybe this is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's, 
Um, so Shredder's like, well, we gotta we gotta lure the tur- turtles out. So they're like, well, we'll send Toka and Raza. I like how they're like, we're gonna send Toka and Raza out, and they trash like I don't know, like a block of the city. <laughs> like <laughs> Steve, <laughs> April O'Neil's just one reporter. <laughs> fair but ah so they're like oh man they're like they're gonna keep trashing the city unless the turtles show up at this like designated site to bite the foot and and token raza so uh the scientist guy um him and donatello he's like well i built in this thing into the mutagen that can be used against them so i think we can create this anti-mutagen to use and that will turn them back to normal right like that's the easiest way to explain what happens yeah basically mm-hmm. okay so and also gosh, i'm sorry i have a lot of questions but it seemed like they made it look like they used all the ooze to make toka and raza but then like he's still got a cancer full of ooze when the shredder shows up at the like the the junkyard or the construction site where they fight so i don't know well anyways but if professor perry had to to come up if he had to use the mutagen and build in a way where he could counteract it it stands to reason that he made more like if he's going to use that and you know make it to accelerate or whatever if, if you've got shredder standing there with his his knife hands you know <laughs> and make this mutagen and make them strong you know they, why wouldn't he want more in case it's you know all right you know what i'll take that too um so <laughs> they, they have they have to get the token raza to ingest the mutagen so they try and trick him with these uh, pre-fight donuts. And then they're like, they make it seem like the plan doesn't work. When I guess it does work because they apparently eat enough of it that they're able to still use it against them a little later on, right? They just didn't eat enough of it for it to work right away, I guess, is the problem. I don't know. That's what it seems uh, like. Although, like, why would Shredder just stand there and let them eat donuts? I don't know. <laughs> so the, they start fighting again. The spite, the, the spite, the fight spills into, you know, your dockside music venue, as you, as as it will, uh, where Vanilla Ice is performing. <laughs> Look, Vanilla Ice in 1990 exclusively toured in dockside venues that had construction sites next door. Yep. All right. That makes sense. So, and, and like you said, that's where, that's where Vanilla Ice sees the turtles come in. He's shocked at first. Then he's kind of into it, sees them fighting. And immediately composes the ninja rap with and, a, with a little help from Frank Miller. With a little help from Frank Miller. Yeah, there is that. Mo- it, now it could have been a different song that he's like. You know, I was gonna make this uh, a different rap. Like, I can't even think of a word that almost sounds like ninja off the top of my head right away because I'm not a wordsmith like Vanilla Ice. <laughs> but he does go to his guys and he goes, "Hey guys," he whispers something, and then they go into it. So it could have been an, a uh, a just slightly altered, like, hey, remember that one song we've been working on? Just roll <laughs> yeah. with me, but stick with that choreography. He's like, that song we were working on, but instead, like, instead of that, it's going to be ninja rap. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, let's go with it. Um, okay, so we're, we're, at, we're at the finish line here. So um, Toka and Raza, they're able to, like, kickstart the anti-mutagen by, like, shooting fire extinguishers down their throat, right? Like, that's what kind of kickstarted yeah the carbon dioxide the the carbon dioxide in a fire extinguisher which i don't know if carbon dioxide's carbon dioxide is in a fire extinguisher specifically but um yeah they shove it in their mouth and spray it 
So they they <laughs> they fall they fall asleep. They eventually turn back into just a wolf and a kitar. Not a kitar. God dang it! Why did you say wow. kitar? <laughs> because you imagine if it was a walking kitar that the turtles had to fight. This so would be a vastly different movie. A, a wolf and a snapping turtle. I'm sorry. I was looking at my notes, and the next one talks about a kitar, and I, I got I got jumbled. So. <laughs> Flip, I do love that in the in the later video games where you have to fight Token Razar, when you beat them, they do turn back into a, a little dog and a little snapping turtle. Mm-hmm. Like with it with a key nice touch. <laughs> so uh, the foot the foot show up, they fight the foot, they of course beat the foot. Uh, that's when the turtles have like that choreographed dance to the song, which is wild. Um, Shredder shows up. Uh, he's holding a, a girl hostage, and he's holding Kino hostage, and they, they beat him with a kitar. That's what I was <laughs> trying to say, is that they play a note really loud on a kitar and, like, blow him out of the club. Yeah, Back to the Future style. Fly. Yep. Uh, I do, I do, I have a note that says, man, a wolf in this club is probably pretty dangerous just to be, like, <laughs> walking around all these people, but... It's heavily uh, drugged, it's cool. So, okay. They're out at the docks. Shredder takes the ooze, becomes Super Shredder, enter Kevin Nash. Um, the turtles don't actually fight him at all. He is in such a rage, he just basically smashes the entire dock and it collapses on him. The turtles are fine because they um, go into their shells and they're in water and they're fine. But, like, okay, this will be the last thing I, I ask you to explain. So. Okay. Shredder, he survives getting mashed in a garbage truck, right? Mm-hmm. But then this one, a dock falls on him, a wooden dock, and that's it? Like, he's dead? Like, Well, he also falls into the water. Uh, he's got pre-existing wounds and conditions from his last accident, a.k.a. falling into the, the trash compactor. So who knows? One of those boards might have fallen, hit his metal <laughs> helmet, which probably slid a jagged piece that was inside caused some brain damage or he just swallowed a bunch of water because he's large and can't he's weighed down by his <laughs> mutated spikes and that's what did him in and, and what's heavy he's man. trying to get out and then his hand just falls over what is heavy yeah <laughs> all right and then so the movie ends with the turtles going back to their their new lair and they're talking to splinter and i you know what i have to say i kind of get a chuckle at the end here because he's like talking about all this stuff and he's like oh were you seen and they're like Oh no, we're ninjas. We totally weren't seen. And he pulls up the paper that says Ninja Rap is born on the front page of the newspaper with a picture of the turtles. And he says, I believe he says, try harder, right? Like, yeah. and that's it. <laughs> I think it, they're like posed for a picture on the front of the newspaper. And the story, the story on the front of the newspaper isn't like giant turtles doing ninja stuff it's that they have a rap song about him so <laughs> um but that's it silver linings back in the 90s you know <laughs> yeah so what if some roided up freak ruined the docks and we're <laughs> lots of construction to root to fix we've got ninja rap now guys uh so yeah um that's the end um i was really I, I was disappointed by the final fight scene like they didn't even fight shredder he literally just beat himself mm-hmm. yeah i think yeah. the only time that they come in contact is doesn't he he grab leonardo and throw him that's the only time that the turtles yeah. actually come in contact with shredder yeah yeah 
A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I um, remember, I remember being in the theater and seeing him turn into super shredder. I'm like, Oh wow, this is going to be awesome. And then it was not awesome. It is. Yeah. And it, it's, it's kind of a shame because it does, he does look like the design of super shredder is really cool looking, mm. but then like that whole, like we can't do anything violent at all. And it's like, they just like, they're like, well, we got to have him essentially beat himself because we can't have the turtles actually fight it. Yeah. I mean, he was so cool looking that, that character design bled over into like some of the later video games. Like remember in Hyperstone Heist when he gets all jacked up in Hyperstone Heist, he looks like Super Shredder. He looks great. Yeah, I had the action figure. It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, LBJ, do you have any uh, role reversal? No, I have no role reversals for this. <laughs> oh, okay, I didn't know if there were any other famous turtles. They casting in this. No, no, no other famous turtle. I can tell you who's not in this: Judith Hoke. <laughs> or. Uh, or Corey Feldman. Or Corey Feldman. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I kind of... The only other like weird thing I saw in my research was they said that some of the pizza props used in this movie were reused in Ernest Scared Stupid. And they can be seen <laughs> being thrown at the bullies who try and attack the tree house, the kids' treehouse. So there's a little fun fact for uh, you about this movie and Ernest Scared Stupid. So... Yes, which will which will also be appearing on this podcast at some point, I'm sure. That's really? a lie. All, That's a lie. I was going to say all the movies you won't let us do, and you're like, yeah, let's do Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> um, well, I guess you know before we get to our ratings, does anyone have anything we didn't talk about or didn't bring up or anything before we kind of get get on to rating us? I got nothing. Nah, yeah, I, I mean, I think we we pretty well covered it, and I and I feel like if I say anything else, I'm just going to repeat myself from the first episode. <laughs> so, all right, well then, let's rate this thing. All right, there's Andy Man as the guest of the show. It wouldn't be an interaction without LPJ if I wasn't called the Zandy Man at least once. Yeah, you uh, you get to uh, decide if you want to rate this thing first or have one of us do it. It's out of five machine guns. You can do half machine guns. You know, I'll save the suspense. I, I will. Uh, I will go last. All right. Um, I'll go first. I, okay, go ahead. I'll go first. Um, there's parts of this movie that are kind of cool. Uh, I think the turtle costumes are really neat. I like those a lot. Um, they function well like their face moves they emote they look like you know legit characters i enjoy that part of it um some of the stuff in here is kind of funny uh some of it's kind of cool like to see them flip around and stuff but realistically this movie is kind of disappointing uh they could have done a whole lot more with it but didn't but it does have that weird nostalgic feel to it it's one of those things where you know, I watched it as a kid, and granted, I didn't love it when I first saw it, but it was still part of kind of the the zeitgeist of growing up in the 90s. Um, so it, there's some nostalgia to it. Overall, I'm going to put this right in the middle, two and a half machine guns. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm – I think I'm kind of on board with you, uh, LBJ. It, this, I mean, we talked about this – Plenty, plenty, plenty of times on the podcast that nostalgia is a hell of a drug and it can really influence your feelings on something. Because this movie, I mean, let's be honest, watching this movie as an adult, it's it's not a good movie, um, it, 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 especially when compared to the original one, which is legitimately still an entertaining and interesting movie. 
this is a, a, definitely a case of too many cooks, too many people putting input into it, too, too like nerfified, I guess, if that's a word I can say, just try to make it like n- nothing violent at all. I mean, you're right. The turtle costumes, they do. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have such a hard time with this because it's not good. The jokes are bad. The turtles are loud all the time. And it's just, I don't know. But, like, I can't give it too harsh of a rating just because of the nostalgia. So I'm going to give it two and a half machine guns as well. Fair enough. I hear I hear your points. And you're, and you're not wrong. Um, I think, and I as I was watching it most recently, I, I, I was just like, wow, this was 1991, arguably 1990 when they filmed it. And these turtle costumes look good. Like, I tried to think of how they can make it work. To, like, if they were to try to attempt this style today, like, I'm sure they'd have some better way to do it and have some CGI in there. Obviously, we have the Michael Bay flicks to kind of draw some inspiration from. If, if, if anything else, just as a guiding light of which way not to go. Um, so I think that's good. I think the parts that they they try to do with the, the semi kind of fight scenes at the beginning is still all good. If you're looking at it with that adult eye, you're going to be disappointed. But I can't help but put, again, have the nostalgia. I, it was my favorite movie growing up. Um, it's still at least the third best Ninja Turtles movie out of everyone that's been made. <laughs> so for that reason, I'm going to give it three combat cold cuts. Three combat <laughs> cold cuts. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, we're not, I don't think any of us are too far apart on this. I mean,. You know, maybe given a different day, I could give it three machine guns too, but I don't know. Sometimes it's weird. I feel like sometimes with this, like talking through it completely changes how I feel about it. And it yeah. like usually by a half, it either raises or lowers it. So, uh, right. And I, we have to entertain. So we have to make jokes at the movie's expense. And that <laughs> kind of helps us think, oh, maybe that wasn't very good. <laughs> right. Uh, although I think this talk through actually raised it up a little bit. So, well, you're welcome. Yeah, because you explained so many plot holes to me that like I most of my complaints have vanished. So that's fair. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a it's a passing movie. There's no point in when you're watching it, you're like, I gotta turn this off. This is bad. So you know, and then it gets the the Ninja Turtles bump. So that's that's why I give it a the three. Yeah, I, you know, I will say that I, at no point did I feel like turning this movie off. Like it was entertaining. You know, I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I was not bored at any point. You know, it yeah. moves. I thought it was good enough. Well, I'm I mean, three and a half combat cold cuts. I'm bumping it up. <laughs> I mean, I watch it in segments, but you know, I watch every movie for the podcast. I never sit down and watch it all at once. So yep. anyways. All right. Well, I think we hit that thing pretty hard. Um, Xander, is there anything you want to plug? Um, I mean, I guess I've got the show Le- uh, Legend of Retro. Um on the Gamezilla Media Network, where we talk about old video games, old video game music, and all that kind of fun stuff. If you like the uh, the style of Last Action Podcast, you're sure to love our show. So, <laughs> you I jerk! <laughs> I can't be on the show and not point at the similarities and and clearly the inspiration. You know? Oh, I flat out ripped <laughs> you off your well, show. You know, it's let's be honest. I ripped your show off. <laughs> that's that's fair. Uh, yeah, so we we have episodes airing every Thursday. Um, I stream on Twitch sporadically. If you want to watch me play some old video games or even some new stuff every once in a while, it's twitch.tv slash Zando Calrissian. If you're familiar with Lando from Star Wars, just put an X where there would be an L and you got me. 
other than that, uh, the only other thing I want to push is uh, a Mighty Ducks episode. <laughs> there's it's got, a, it's got a sequel. I'm just saying you could do you, you could start with D two. That's fine. There, there. I would. You know what? I, there's a lot of ground support for a Mighty Ducks two episode. I I will say this. I'm on board and I will do it. Your gatekeeper, as with most interesting movies we want to cover, is one LPJ. So. I'm going to say now, and it's already happened before, but if you want this episode to happen, get on, get, get on the Discord. You know, go to the Last Action Podcast channel and let let LBJ know that you want a Mighty Ducks 2 episode. So uh, actually, how about this? So we had a thing a little while ago on Last or, uh, last Action. So you, it's such a ripoff that I keep getting the, the two confused. Legend of Retro, where we, we challenged people to join Patreon to get the glitch to rap about... Um, uh, gauntlet character right so how many patreon boosts do we need for a mighty ducks episode <laughs> like we're talking dollar we, wanted, we we asked for four four new five dollar patrons who wanted a a, a glitch wrap and we as if i'm not mistaken i'm pretty sure we got it and it's in the works how many <sighs> patreon subscribers do you need for a mighty ducks episode and let's be let's be, don't be like i need fifty thousand. No, no 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 don't be a dick let's be honest <laughs> how many do we need all right. Oh God, you son of a! <laughs> Paint me in a corner. Oh, I hate you. And we'll talk about Patreon next if you aren't. Maybe with maybe this now. is why you're not on very often. <laughs> All right, because I come up with good, reasonable ideas. I will commit. Well. If we get four more five dollar patrons, I will do. I will commission. I will be on either a Mighty Ducks one or a Mighty Ducks two episode. Whichever the it's gotta, pe- be, it's gotta be two. All right, I will do. I will do a Mighty Ducks. I will be in for Mighty Ducks too. We, we will do so fi- if we get four more five dollar patrons. And when you join, you got to make sure you tell us that that's what it's for. Then that's I will. Fair. We will do a D two episode. Mighty Ducks two D two. Um, and in in the vein of of glitch calling out himself for like doing the hot shots episodes, I just want to throw this out since we're kind of running out of of comedic kung fu things. If you do a kung pao episode, I need to be on it. You know, we've gotten a couple requests for that. I don't know if they were both from you or not, but uh, they might have been. They might have been. <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh man, it's the stupidest movie you'll ever see, but it's so good. All I've right. never seen it either, actually. Maybe is there a lot of kung yeah, I, fu fighting in it? Is there is it actiony? It's, it's uh, so uh, Steve Odekirk actually just took a bunch of old footage from from classic like uh, kung fu movies and just spliced it together and reshot some stuff with the actors that kind of looked like those people and just spliced it all together to make this goofy comedy. Oh, so yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Some, there, there are some fights. Yes. Oh, it's an Odenkirk film. Yes. Okay, I'm, I'd be down for that. I love Odenkirk, and I'm pretty sure it's streaming free on YouTube. Okay. Because I was just recently telling somebody else about the movie. All right. And so if we do it, you want to be on that episode? Oh, for sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll see what we can do. All we'll right. see what we can do. Yeah, we, we won't even have to make it a special Laugh Action podcast uh, brand. <laughs> we'll just make it a regular Last Action. We'll see what we can do. There you go. All right. Excellent. All right. Well. That's all I got to push. How about you guys? You want You guys want to talk about Patreon or anything else? Well, I guess I guess we might as well talk about Patreon at this point. So, uh, yeah, we, we, check us out on Patreon.com. And um, if you contribute a buck a month, you get extra votes. You get uh, the uh, – what the hell is our other show called? 
<laughs> a blanket, a blanket on it now. Wow. Post credit scene. No, 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 no. The one dollar one. Uh, um, State of the Zilla. State of the Zilla. Thank you. God, I've been on like four of them. Um, so State of the Zilla, which is kind of like we we all mesh together and talk about whatever we want, mm-hmm. and uh, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, and then if you do five bucks, you get the post credit scene, which is our extra show, which are, we're actually recording one tonight. Um, and then you get an extra show from all of the shows on the network. Uh, Legend of Retros, which is? Uh, is our Game Shark, where we just kind of take a random retro topic and talk about it as opposed to doing a deep dive on a specific game. Yep. Or also uh, The Draft, which I host. Oh, yep. uh, every time you guys do a music draft, I not every time, but the most recent several times, I've hosted your draft for the music bracket that you guys do every mm-hmm. year. Uh, that's always a lot of fun. Uh, and then all the networks have shows. We have behind the DM screen for Noobs and Dragons, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we obviously have tons of other shows on the network. We've got Noobs and Dragons. We've got the GameZilla show. We've got Legend of Retro. Uh, you can check out all those shows. Check out all of our streamers. Go to GameZillaMedia.com. You can see it all there with links to everything, including our Discord. Uh, so if you do become a patron, make sure you log into Discord and let me know that you have joined Patreon just to get me to do D2, Mighty Ducks, the sequel. <laughs> four of them. And that four counts if you are a, a $1 subscriber that bumps up to a five. Right? Yes, that does. Absolutely. If you Excellent. go from $1 to five, we're good. <sighs> I cannot believe you just made me commit <laughs> to that. Oh, this is why you're not coming back. Um, <laughs> we're never doing Kung Pao. Uh, <laughs> never, not, not at this point. Sorry, buddy. Nope. Uh, but anyway, Xander, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having me. Maybe I don't know. Time. Maybe not. Thanks for being here. I haven't decided. I that. loved it. I, I, to me, this is great. Like the episode is great, and then this coda where you you strong armed LPJ into this was even better. So I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of this episode. Well, I'm happy to be here. I just, you know, I just got, time. I just got LPJ'd. Yeah. <laughs> Normally, I'm the one strong army people into doing things, and oh god, taste of my own stupid medicine. Well, at least I didn't like make you almost throw up laughing, pretending to be the Hamburglar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you want to get a great uh, LPJ Xander Chops collaboration, check out the Gamezilla or check out the uh, Legend of Retro Show MC Kids, where I basically mm-hmm. ruin uh, Xander's childhood favorite game. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, I, I, I gotta be honest with you. Uh, I've heard so much about this, that episode and I've never actually listened to it. So I think I need to uh, make that a priority because that's like really been built up now. Like I hear so much about this MC kids episode that I like, it's just like a complete train wreck. Maybe. I don't know. It is. So basically what it is, is, is I was really excited to talk about this game. I had some really cool notes, right? And then it just turns into chops at LPJ, just like talking about how he grew up working at a McDonald's and like, was the manager and all the antics they used to get into. And like some of it just like, it, for whatever reason, it caught me in a spot where I was just like, I couldn't stop laughing <laughs> and like literally had to pause the recording so I could catch my breath. And like, I was coughing. Like, it's <laughs> yeah, we like, we had to stop recording, take a break for a solid 10 minutes, maybe yeah. longer just to compose ourselves. So we could continue the episode. It was, yeah. it was a train well, wreck. I- well, I'm definitely going to go back and listen to it this yep. week. So, um, well worth but, it. Well worth but, it. But yeah, but yes, thank you for being here. This is a lot of, of fun, and I, I can't wait till we cover uh, Turtles in Time. Turtles in Time. Good hey, God. Let's just skip through to the 2007 animated one. <laughs> wow. All right. 
Well, that said, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back. Go! I made another fucking. <laughs>